welcome to Best Laid Plans. This is your host, Sarah Hartunger, and this is the podcast where we talk all things planning and planning adjacent. And we are going to do a mid-year check-in deep dive today. But before we dive into that, I have a wonderful planner piece submission that I've been saving for just the right time. I know that many of you have been curious about digital planning options, and as this listener rightfully says, I am not much of an expert in that. But this submission really goes in depth about how Beth made digital planning work for her, as well as her transition from the paper world into digital. So I will let her share her planner piece. And she did send me some images to share as well of what this digital planning system looks like. So you can check those out in the show notes, as well as I will link to the particular brand of digital planning that she loves to use. So I hope you enjoy this submission. Hi, Sarah. I'm Beth from Atlanta, and I love your podcast. So first, thank you for all the content you put out through Best Laid Plans. I've been using a planner consistently since about 2009, and I spent many years in the paper world of planning. I had an Eric Condren for about seven years, and then I made the swap to Plum Paper just due to their customization options. I loved Plum Paper, but about two years ago when COVID hit, I really struggled with two things. The first was having to reschedule or cancel so many things, which just made my planner look a mess aesthetically. The second struggle was not having as many outside the home plans. So while I still planned each day, the mode of planning really changed for me. When a friend told me about a digital planner she used called Artful Agenda, I decided to give it a try. And though I can't believe I'm saying this still, I haven't looked back. I know digital planning isn't quite your thing, understandably. And I hear your listeners leave messages from time to time with questions about digital planning. So when sharing what's been my planner piece for the last two years or so, I hope it may help some other listeners who also could be curious about digital planning. So I have stayed with paper planning for so long for two reasons, basically form meets function. The functionality was always very important to me, which was why I loved Plum Planner. It was so customizable that it could really reflect the way my mind works and the way my family lives. The form was always a huge bonus too. I just love being surrounded by beautiful things and that certainly included my planner. Beyond just the pros for paper in my life, I had a couple drawbacks about the world of digital planning too, mainly that it just felt intimidating. Buying templates, learning how to use them in conjunction with a tablet, it all just felt overwhelming, time-consuming, and just difficult for me personally. So when I saw Artful Agenda, it really seemed to combine the form and function. It was customizable, but it's not something that I had to build or create on my own. It's still very pretty, and it became a pleasant surprise in the functionality in that it streamlined a lot of things for me. An example of that streamlining is that when I was in paper, I had two separate planners, one for work and one for my family life. Those got heavy carrying around, but also when I wasn't carrying them both, there would be times when I would need my work planner when I was trying to plan a social event, and I might not have both of the planners, so it could cause some issues. With Artful Agenda, I can pipe in my tasks and appointments for work and my family life. I can color code them and I can choose to show only my family-related calendars or only my work-related calendars 
or all of them at the same time. So I can clearly see where there's overlap to avoid. And I always have all of my calendars with me since I have it on my phone. It's on my tablet. It's on my desktop. And they all sync across each other in real time. So no matter where I am, I have access to all of the calendars that I could need in my life. And plus, it rolls in my tasks from Google Calendar too. So if someone invites me to an event, for example, it rolls right into Artful Agenda and it's already there. It also means I can invite my spouse or a parent to a family event right from Artful Agenda and it shows up in their calendar of choice. The other big bonus for me is that I get alerts and reminders and I can get them on my watch also. And I get really detailed about it. So when I book a gym class and I add that to my calendar, for example, I put in my mat number two. So when I get the reminder on my watch, I can see exactly which spot, which mat I'm in. And without having to go into my gyms app or even open my Artful Agenda app, it's just there. I could go on and on about this. It's been such a pleasant surprise for me in the turn of events of my planning life. I will spare you and your listeners any more of my rambling, but I do hope that this is helpful for people who have had questions about digital planning and want to look into another option in case it could fit them. Thanks again, Sarah, for all the work you do on Best Laid Plans. All right, we are back. And... Yeah, that was such an in-depth submission. I don't know how she managed to let SpeakPipe give her a longer um, chunk of time because usually they cut people off at 90 seconds, but I'm super, super happy that it worked. So we are going to now pivot and talk a little bit about the midpoint of the year and why this is a great time to dig up those 2022 goals and take a look at them and how you might take a look at them. Now, to those who also listen to Best of Both Worlds podcast, we did a similar episode that actually airs the week prior to this one. So if you don't want to hear my goals again, I totally understand. But in this version, I go a little bit more into the mechanics of how I plan them, where I write them out, where I store them. And so if that is of interest to you, you can listen again or listen on really high speed. So it doesn't feel too repetitive, whatever works for you. I'm actually not sure exactly what the overlap of listeners is between the two podcasts, by the way. For those who don't know, I am also um, one half of the podcast Best of Both Worlds with Laura Vanderkam, where we talk about making work and life fit together. Definitely tons of parents and working parents who listen to that episode, listen to that podcast, mostly women. This one, I think, might have a little bit of a broader age range um, and kind of scope of different careers and life circumstances. I'm not sure. I would love a Venn diagram. I'm sure there's some way of doing that. (laughs) I just don't know what it is. Anyway, that was my warning in case you listened to last week's Best of Both Worlds and you're worried there's going to be some repeated content. Yes, some, but hopefully not all. All right. So goal setting You know, we did a deep dive into year-end goal setting. I think I did an episode in 2020, you know, for 2021 and then also for 2022. And I have a lot of processes I like to go through towards the end of the year to plan out my next year. But sometimes we have to be very careful to make sure those lists don't just fall by the wayside, that we take time to intentionally go through those lists. For me, I tend to do this monthly and by quintile. However, other people might use quarters, and I do think mid-year feels like a natural time to really take a little more zoomed out view 
And rather than focus on what I might want to do in the next month or three months, just see where I am in terms of the entire list for the year, see where I might want to pivot, see what I might want to change and kind of appreciate what does tend to be working well and how to keep that momentum going. So the things that I like to consider are, how has the year gone overall so far? Were there major differences from what was expected? Obviously, 2020 was a year in which we began the year with so much promise. What a cool sounding year, 2020. And then we were all surprised by the circumstances that ensued. But who knows, for some people, 2022 may have also brought up unexpected challenges or perhaps opportunities that have really changed the landscape of what their year looks like compared to what they thought about. Maybe there's themes that have emerged. Maybe your word for the year really didn't work out and you need to pick a new one. So really kind of thinking about so far, how has 2022 gone in a more holistic sense, I think can be very helpful. Then once you've done that and reflected on it, maybe drawn, written, brainstormed, you can then look at your 2022 goals list. I'm going to get in a moment into where I've kept all these lists for this year, but the way I decided to triage my list are into five categories. Number one, completed or on track for success. Number two, probably on track, but in process. Number three, what seems less realistic at this juncture I still want to do, but maybe not now. Number four, what is just no longer appealing. And number five, fail, like not going to happen either because I don't want it to, which would really more go in category four, what was not exciting, or because I just have to declare surrender to that goal right now. It's just not the right goal for me at this time. And then you get to the fun part about this is that since often this means you've crossed off some of your goals and you have removed some of your goals, you might have some replacement goals or room for replacement goals, especially if the scope of your year has really, really changed and you want to add some new things to focus on. Also good to look at as the midpoint of the year really gets us to do this, the school calendar for the next academic year in almost every school district or school situation that is out by now. If you do homeschool, then maybe things are a little bit more flexible. But for those who you know go to regular schools, you should be able to look ahead at the next year's winter break, spring break, et cetera. This isn't necessarily true in the January part of the year. So this is a really nice time to really take stock of that school calendar. You can also think of it as a great time to line up holiday travel plans. I've had requests to talk about holiday planning and we'll definitely do that. But um, the biggest part for me is figuring out what we're going to do with winter break. Usually my husband or me has to work part of that, but we try not to work all of it because that's a really bleak way to spend two weeks when everyone else seems to be out having so much fun. So really strategically thinking about when we would be both off and what we could do with that time, something special, hopefully now is actually the time to do that if you have specific desires of where you want to go. Or especially if you're traveling with a decent number of kids and need a sizable place to stay, those places fill up. So it's time to do it now. All right, we're going to take a quick break and then I'm going to return and talk a little bit about where I'm doing all this planning in terms of which planners I'm writing in, which tools I'm using. And then I will get into a little sampling of the goals that I am working on and where my categories are for this year. Today's episode is brought to you by Prep Dish. Getting a healthy dinner on the table is certainly challenging at times, and summer travel can pose an additional challenge. One thing that has saved me on multiple occasions is Prep Dish. 
I can be nearing the end of the week on vacation and use her meal plan and shopping list to place a grocery delivery so we have exactly what we need and a great variety of healthy meals to look forward to when we get back. Her summer recipes have been fantastic. Sautéed shrimp over lemony herb couscous with zucchini was the perfect easy summer meal. Sometimes she throws in grill-friendly recipes as well. We love the super fast menus, but she has additional options as well if you have specific dietary needs like low-carb or gluten-free. The founder, Allison, is offering listeners a free two-week trial to check it out. So this is a great way to see if the plans will work for you. Check out prepdish.com slash plans for this amazing deal. In addition to the super fast menus that I love, PrepDish has gluten-free, paleo, and low-carb options, so there's truly something for everyone. Again, that's PrepDish.com slash plans for your first two weeks free. If you try it, let me know. I'd love to hear about it. Today's episode is sponsored in part by Factor. Factor is sponsoring this episode with an awesome discount code, PLANS50, to give you 50% off your first month and 20% off the next. Trying out our sponsors helps keep the show going, and I think this is a wonderful time to give it a try, given that it's always a busy season. Factor offers no prep and no mess meals that are tailored to your wellness goals. They offer multiple options from protein plus to plant-based to keto and many more. No matter what your health goals are, you can keep kitchen time to a minimum while enjoying healthy and delicious meals with premium ingredients with Factor. You can get started feeling great and fueling well now by giving them a try. Head to factormeals.com slash plans50 and use code plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code plans50, P-L-A-N-S 50 at factormeals.com slash plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. You are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes in part from Jenny Kane. I love Jenny Kane and I hope you love shopping there to support the show. When you do, visit JennyKane.com and use code PLANS for 15% off your first order. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and this is the perfect gift to treat all the well-deserving moms, moms-to-be, and mother figures in your life. Jenny Kane is a California brand through and through, and their staples make getting dressed easier than it's ever been before. Think minimalist and effortless, yet totally refined. This season, I am so into the beautiful dresses that Jenny Kane has on offer. My personal pick and what I'm hoping to wear all season is the Callan dress. I have it in the khaki color and feel like I could literally wear it to anything. And the best part is it's perfect for warm weather, which we have plenty of, but you could also layer it in a chilly air-conditioned space. I also have my eye on the day dress. It's such a classic silhouette. One thing you might not know about Jenny Kane is that they also have an incredible rewards program where you can earn up to 10% back with every purchase and joining is completely free. Find your perfect Mother's Day gift or curate your new spring uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code PLANS, P-L-A-N-S, at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code PLANS. Get yourself and the women in your life the best gift of all, Jenny Kane. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
All right. We are back. So we just talked about the framework I use to look at my goals for the year midway through, but the question best laid plans listeners might also have are, well, where do you do all this? Is there a specific notebook? Do you do it in your planner? For this year, I kept my 2022 goals list in Todoist. I do have the paid version of that app. I'm not 100% sold on whether I'm going to keep using this app after my paid subscription is up or maybe I'll just keep the free version. I know this is going to be unpopular with the Todoist devotees, but I use Apple Notes for so many things and I find it so useful and I feel like I could just have a goals folder that would be just as simple and just as functional for me. So I might just simplify that going forward. But for this year, I did appreciate that they were super easy to find. Todoist has a way that you can show an option where you can show the goals that you've previously crossed off. So you are able to look back on not only what is still to do, but what was accomplished, which is nice. And so, yeah, that's where my list of 22 goals lives this year. I also used the Cultivate What Matters system. So I had written all of them down in that book after I had kind of figured them out on Todoist. And that is the book where I decided to do my mid-year goals refresh. And I actually went through my goals one by one and I color-coded them. I used the Kuritake Zig Clean Color Dot Markers. I'm really into them all of a sudden. I have a 10-pack that I got from JetPens. And I just coded them into the categories that I described above. I wrote them all out. And then I put a dot that corresponded to the specific category next to each of them. So I could easily see, okay, these are the ones I've completed. These are the ones I've abandoned, et cetera. And it was really, really satisfying to make that list. And that's living in my Cultivate What Matters. So just like the Todoist list, I know I won't lose it. I didn't just like shove it somewhere random or in an email or, or something. It's, it's easy for me to find because I do use the Cultivate Power Sheets Goal Planner all year. I actually did use this um, kind of as a framework to decide on what my July goals were. And I put that into Cultivate What Matters as well. I've actually been really consistent with using that this year. And so I'll have to do a more in-depth. I know I've done a review on their system in the past, but it was a long time ago. So at some point, probably before next year, I will do an update. But I'm finding that really useful for me in this season of life. And then finally, I am moving into an Erin Condren Daily Duo for the last six months of the year. I was in a full focus, which served me so well for May and June. It was kind of like a life comeback time for me. And it was a great companion for those times. But I did purchase the Daily Duo and it starts on July 1st. So I feel like I had better start with that page one. So I filled out those six. Um, there's a page in the beginning that shows it's just divided into the kind of six boxes that you can fill out. And I just wrote down the name of each month. You could use them for anything, but I decided to label them July, August, September, October, November, December, and just write what the highlights of my year are in those last six months. And that really helped me to just kind of get a handle on what is coming up and what I'm looking forward to. Because I think we spend so much time in January kind of taking stock of the, the year's landscape, but sometimes it can kind of get a little bit messy or it changes. And so now it's a nice time to look at that back half of the year. I ended up on a little bit of a almost rabbit hole that was very helpful where the Erin Condren Daily Duo has a page with um, really small calendars. And I use the clean color dots to mark off 
which PTO days or paid time off days I wanted to take between now and the end of the year. And that actually allowed me to kind of count them up and make sure I had enough. And interestingly, perhaps I will have to do a paid time off episode later because a lot of people have tons of different ways that they track that. And I can't think of anything. Well, there are probably things, but this is just such an important thing to track and think about and be intentional with. I mean, truthfully, paid time off days are a benefit that come with some jobs, not all. And as somebody pointed out, if you're not using them, it's kind of like refusing a part of your paycheck. And they're precious. I mean, they're days in which we are able to take home our pay in most cases. Again, I know not every career path comes with paid leave, but if yours does, you need to make sure you're making the most of those and using them in the ways that are going to, you know, not be regretted and be really savored. So I'm glad I took the time to really look at those days and add them up and make sure I was taking enough and when I wanted to, so I could have adequate time for myself and with family. And by the way, if you would like an in-depth review of the Daily Duo, including these intro pages, as well as the daily layout pages that actually aired pretty recently on May 30th, episode 96. So feel free to check that episode out for more details. All right. Well, I'm going to go through a fairly brief tour of what my goals list look like. I have heard from several of you, you really enjoy hearing other people's actual goals lists. I always feel a little self-conscious or silly sharing them um, because obviously my goals are not going to be directly applicable to another person. And yet I love listening to other people's goals episodes. So I am going to go ahead and share. And by category, in the going well or done category, I have getting regular massages. I'm not going monthly, but I am probably making it every other month, which feels like a victory to me. It feels like enough. I'm doing well with habits that I set to do most days, including writing in my Hobonichi five-year journal, completing a 10-minute headspace meditation, and doing Duolingo. I started a book club. This was something I had wanted to do for years, and COVID kind of got in the way, but I finally started that up. Super excited about that. I wanted to do better podcast planning in advance. I have improved with this. It never seems like I'm running up against deadlines because I try to stay like really on top of when episodes will be due and when my ad copy is due, et cetera. I have been doing well on my fitness goals in terms of increasing strength and running fitness. I've been doing my shutdown ritual every day where I finish my workday, kind of clean out my email to the extent that I'm going to, and then just intentionally shut down. And then finally, the last goal under the going well category is that I've stayed off of social media and really, really the lowered the amount of time I spend scrolling on my phone. So I wouldn't say we're in a perfection space there. Well, I'm not on social media, but I still find some things to scroll and look at sometimes, which I'll get to in my additional goals. But I think this is a success because I don't go to Instagram. I don't go to Facebook. I don't go to Reddit. I don't go to Twitter. I don't go to anything like there's yeah, only kind of finite things that I look at on my phone, which is great for me. (laughs) All right. The next category is in progress. And so these are goals that are kind of either they're looking good to complete, or maybe I was slacking on them, but I've recommitted refreshing my wardrobe. That's going well. I do want to buy a couple of pieces of jewelry, but I think that's doable by the end of the year. I have recommitted to my goal of trying to listen more deeply to two albums per month. I am committed and in process with getting the habit of taking notes in all the meetings that I attend. I'm doing well with my ebook, 
progress, although I think it's going to be more of a course. And I think some of you listeners might really enjoy it. So I'm hoping to be done with that by the end of the year. And it's it's actually kind of getting there. So I'm excited. And then having more one-on-one times with the kids and my husband, two out of three of my kids, I feel like I'm succeeding. And one of them I need to work a little bit harder at. And my husband, I feel like we've been able to, to do some really wonderful couples trips together and some date nights. So that's been great. All right. Still want to do, but less certain. Some of my organizing goals have changed a little bit. I've decided to focus more on trouble areas rather than go through the house in a more systematic fashion. So I'm excited about that. And then I am just not sure whether I'm actually going to get through the photo books I have lingering. I have a little bit of a mental block about the 2020 photo book. Although when I look back on pictures of that time, it wasn't, didn't look like we were having such a (laughs) terrible experience. And it probably should be memorialized. I just haven't gotten excited about doing it yet. So we'll see if it actually happens. And then the category of not happening. One of my savings goals is just kind of a no-go for the year because we ended up buying a house and it turns out that's very expensive, especially when you decide to put in floors and you have to fix a roof. Going to an in-person work conference is not going to happen because the one conference that I registered for ended up going virtual and it was a great virtual conference, but not the same as an in-person. And then also not happening, I was going to plan spring break with my daughter for 2022. We ended up moving during that week instead, but hey, maybe 2023 will be the time that we can make that come to fruition. And finally, a couple goals that I am no longer excited about. I had rest 22 and 22 on my list. I mean, I love that concept, but I just don't see myself setting a specific rest timer. I don't know. Maybe I'm just rested enough. Who knows? And then you guys will laugh, but I had a goal to stay in the same planner for 2022, but we all know that wasn't going to work out. And then finally, I had a goal to go to an in-person yoga or boot camp class. And I'm just not too excited about that one anymore. So I'm just crossing it off. I just really like my home workouts. I find them effective and convenient. And I'm more into running these days. So yeah. So that gives me a little bit room to add some goals. And I'm not going to share all of them because I have some things that I just don't want to talk about here necessarily or not yet anyway. But the things I do want to work on that I can share is I'm going to work on that last dopamine addiction of my email. So as I mentioned, I feel like that's the last thing that gets me to scroll, maybe checking texts or WhatsApp or email. And I still want to just, it's like the last vestiges of my remaining distraction. I want to conquer that. I want to train for a fall race. So I'm just getting more excited about running again and completing a training plan and trying to get faster. So I'm adding that in. And then I do want to get a college best friends reunion on the books for next year. And even though that trip would be next year, my goal of getting it scheduled is for this year because that is how these things work. All right. I hope that was fun and not too repetitive again, especially for those that also listen to best of both worlds, but I really enjoyed going through and doing this audit and I hope it inspires you to go through and look at your mid-year goals as well. So happy middle of the year. We're just about nine days past that milestone, but I think that's close enough. And if you have your own mid-year goals you'd like to share with me, I would love to hear them. Please keep those planner piece submissions coming. I love opening up the episodes with those. And man, this, this one today, just, I really loved it. And I'm so glad that Beth took the time to share. 
So thank you so much for listening. As always, the show notes are on theshoebox.com, T-H-E-S-H-U-B-O-X.com and just click on the best laid plans icon if they're not on the front of the homepage, if it's not the day the episode aired and you can find show notes and pictures, etc. And other than that, I just hope you enjoyed this episode and have a wonderful week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.